one of the original asks about, you know, the goal for the students very much about the collaboration. And so that's the real benefit here. It's how do you work and communicate with people of a different mindset? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Staff Lounge, a place to unwind, reflect, and connect with the faculty at Humber College in Toronto, Canada. In each episode, we'll be having casual chats, interviews, and tips from our teaching and learning support team. I'm your host, Sharantha Bedegay. I'm a saxophonist, composer, and faculty in the Bachelor of Music program. The focus of today's episode is interfaculty collaboration. We're going to be speaking to groups of faculty who engaged together outside of their core area of study and collaborated on products and projects that had extremely interesting pedagogical applications for their students. In this episode, I had a great chat with Eva Zimpson, Umar Noor, and Matthew Mazza. This was a collaboration in FMCA between film and multi-platform storytelling and game programming. The students made a series of short films as part of this collaboration, and it involved really sophisticated virtual production techniques uh, that are now being more available to the masses, and it was really, really interesting to hear and see what they came up with. Well, thank you so much all for being here on the Staff Lounge. I'm really looking forward to hearing about this interdepartmental, interfaculty collaboration that you had um, uh, recently, quite recently, and uh, is uh, very impressive to me on, on a variety of levels. But let's start with the backstory first. Maybe, Eva, if you wouldn't mind telling me, how did you all three connect together as faculty uh, at the start? Yeah, so I actually have worked with Umer in the past, so that was kind of easy. I, I have had a working relationship with him before, but the project started really because I originally did a PhD in how do you teach filmmaking online and virtually? And so then the pandemic happened and the pandemic continued. And, uh, you know, I was teaching a course in the film and multi-platform storytelling program called Ideation, but it had leeway for sort of a lab component. And we, you know, I thought, why don't we try to use uh, the virtual production in-engine pipeline, which not a lot of people talk about because a lot of focus is on sort of the LED studio-based version of virtual production. But you can make films entirely inside a game engine called Unreal Engine. And I wanted to do this across two programs because uh, our students actually are not trained in game engine. They don't have a background in that. They don't have a course on that. It takes a lot of background. And but my students are, you know, good storytellers. They can uh, they are tasked with coming up with stories and scripts. So I approached Umer uh, to see if there's something we could do between some of his courses. And Umer kind of took it from there. Yeah, if, if I could rewind back to when we first uh, worked together, that was back in 2014. And Eva had this amazing idea that she wanted to like use an engine. Back then we were using the Unity game engine, not Unreal because uh, it was really expensive. We weren't able to use it. So we, we had a capstone project where there were two game students and Eva had I think three film students and they built this, this platform inside Unity where you could have roles. You could have like a director, a scriptwriter, 
camera person. And it was amazing. And I, I think that was from our perspective, from game programming, that was probably our first time thinking that, wow, we could actually make a movie inside a game engine. And of course, Eva was all over this because your, your PhD thesis was specifically on Machinima. So then fast forward to the summer of 2021, I guess, when, uh, as Eva was mentioning, virtual production is now a, is like a big kind of deal in the industry especially with the amazing work that Unreal Engine is doing. So uh, I've kind of spoke a little bit about the, the different types of virtual production. There's the, the expensive one. We have the massive LED screen, the actor in shiny armor is in front of the screen. You get beautiful reflections. That's one way to go. But Ever was very uh, kind of focused on, we don't need a huge LED screen. We could do this just in Unreal like without having uh, all the, the expenses that, that, that go along with that. So uh, yeah, I, I started thinking for, as a program coordinator, I have kind of like a, a good kind of overview of the courses and where we can fit it in. So uh, I started talking with Matt. Matt uh, teaches our Unreal courses and we are so thankful to have Matt uh, teaching with us because he really leads where Unreal is going. And also he's amazing at these collaborations. Matt mentioned earlier that he, he teaches a course where there's an entire class of programmers, an entire class of artists, and he, he runs it so well. It's such a challenging course and he's amazing at it. So he, he was the first person I, I spoke to on like, is this something we could do? I uh, really appreciate that. <laughs> That's very sweet of you to say. I, I think it was, um, I, I want to say towards the beginning of, of, of the summer, actually, that uh, that uh, Umar had approached me about uh, this this option. And I, I had been uh, aware of um, the virtual production angle within Unreal for a little while now. Um, as, as Umar mentioned, I, I teach the Unreal courses, and I'm a huge um I would say fanboy, but let's use a, a, uh, a nicer term. And let's say I'm a, I'm a bit of an evangelist for Unreal Engine. Um, I, I, I love the technology. I will push it anywhere I can. Um, and, uh, you know, after meeting with some of their reps uh, last year, they were telling me all about how, um, you know, it was used for, you know, the Mandalorian and Aquaman and even some parts of Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Um, and so virtual production was certainly something that was... Um, in my peripheral, but uh, I never really thought of incorporating any of that into uh, uh, the course that I, I was teaching, which is Game Engines 2 or, you know, Intro to Unreal Engine, um, mostly because the way I looked at it was um, the program itself is about game programming, not necessarily the virtual production side of things. But um, as I, I taught uh, uh, more and more of the course, I started pushing kind of other things into the course. I, I started with, um, you know, virtual reality as that is my, my background outside of Humber um, is, is running a virtual reality company that works with Unreal. Um, and then I started talking to the students more about business to business solutions and how, you know, hey, yeah, games are great. Um, I love them. Uh, I've, you know, been playing games my whole life, but 
there's not always a lot of money in games. Uh, and sometimes, you know, if, if you wanted to make your own studio, it's going to be tough to do it with, with just video games. Um, and, and so enters business to business solutions and dealing with clients and creating simulations and stuff. And so along those same lines, I thought, you know what, at some point we should just be branching out into, hey, Unreal is no longer just a game engine. That's how it started, but now it is just a engine for a lot of different things, games, architectural visualization, and of course, virtual production. Um, so when Umar uh, you know, came to me with, with the suggestion of, hey, would you like to work with, with uh, Eva on, on this collaboration? I actually um, initially was a little wary of it um, because uh, I, I was, uh, very much like, uh-oh, the, the students uh, are not going to be down with, with getting their game project cut and instead working on uh, a, a film. Um, and uh, one thing that I'd, I'd spoken with Eva about uh, is that I love my students, but they aren't all what I would say creative types. A lot of them are very much the, the math and physics-focused programmers. Um, and while um, they all love movies, most of their taste in films is not going to align with students who are trying to create, a, a, you know, an emotional uh, little indie film. Um, and so I wasn't sure that it was really going to uh, translate for them. Um, and in some cases, uh, I, I was right, some of the students didn't fully get it. But they a lot of them put their all in regardless uh, and because they just really wanted to make um, sort of the, the vision of the film students come true. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I had worries at first, uh, for sure, in, in how this was gonna go, um, but uh, they, they were assuaged over time, I guess we could say. I think that's many thanks to you, Matt, because I know the students really trust and respect Matt so I, I'm not sure if many professors could have pulled off what Matt did, because you're so right that the game programmers are there to make games. So it, it is a tough challenge to, to kind of explain to them, well, it's bigger than just games. And yeah, Matt, Matt's amazing, amazing at leading. Yeah, Matt actually touched on some of the core learning outcomes of this project too, because one thing that the industry is really struggling with right now, the virtual production industry, is there are vastly different skills involved in virtual production. So there's the entire film side and there's the entire game programming side. Again, virtual production is not a game. It's just using a game engine. But basically, these uh, different students are, are very different in sort of their nature. Mine are completely creative. They love like the, the story and all of that. And so the goal was to try and make that bridge happen as it is needed in the industry to do that in the curriculum. And one thing that we all know in curriculum that is set, it's very hard to just make changes. You have to go through a bunch of process to do that but to do a project that kind of ties in and they had other assignments too and they were it was an overwhelming project in many respects as well but that's how all projects are when you first try them I know there's other projects at Humber that took many years to refine and so the one big learning outcome that 
um, I want to highlight is they all speak a little bit of each other's lingo now. So a game student understands what a close up is and what a dolly shot is and what a storyboard is and, you know, how to tag a script and some of the softwares we use to do that. Vice versa, you know, the film students um, know what sequencer is and you know, piloting a camera and a lot of like minutia that maybe one would never want to know about, but it's good to know it because if you try this again and you go into the industry that has so many jobs available and there are so many people who cannot fill them because they have never been exposed to this. So we really kind of tackled that problem and we have had ad hoc a program advisory committees that have told us this, you know, these these uh, students from different backgrounds do need to understand each other's languages and domains. So I had a chance to uh, take a peek at some of the projects that your your students made, and I would love uh, for you all to kind of unpack this a little bit for me. And of course, in the links to this episode, I'm, we're going to link to uh, some examples uh, from all of the students and the work that they did. But what I saw was a series of short films that were create, co-created by these students, and uh, could you tell me a little bit more about what the overall goal of, of the project was and maybe what the logistics of that was uh, from, uh, from start to finish? So the overall goal, as mentioned, is to uh, have students work together because they actually needed each other. They could not do this on their own. Another goal is to demonstrate the democratization of filmmaking. So these co films cost almost nothing which is unheard of in film production. Um, we used free assets using Unreal's marketplace. Um, thanks to Matt, we used um, Discord as a communication tool that was quite effective, sometimes too effective, like a 3M. Um, but uh, it was definitely um, an intense pipeline. So we, we went from developing stories with the, with the, engine in mind. So I did have students research the assets ahead of time. That's kind of called iterative writing. Um, Unreal did a project at Tribeca that was like that. So there are replications out there in the industry. And then um, we met with the game students and that's sort of when we formed crews and there was some thought put into that crew structure as well. You know, just pairing people up with strengths that we perhaps knew about or just the story um, that is part of also ensuring that um, underrepresented voices get the best chance that they can in terms of executing a project. Crew dynamics are very important. So it's a big part of what Matt and I do. And, you know, Matt and I communicated constantly. He, he is a, I got to give a shout out to Matt because he is a part-time instructor who was really pulling extra weight to make this project happen, especially once we got into the thick of the production. Like once they started shooting in the engine and they were screen sharing through Discord, there was a lot of like, we need to know this right now. Where's Matt? And he would answer. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll, sh I'll just um, hand it over to Matt to talk a little bit about what is involved in shooting in Unreal Engine. Like, how does that work? Um, and just some of the, the pipeline process there. Sure. Um, first of all, I appreciate the, the shout out. You guys are being very sweet. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I on the on the, the same uh, along the same line there. Um, Eva put in an, an insane amount of work. She was so prepared, so organized, um, and 
uh, made it very easy for me to actually uh, run this thing from my side because I, I came in and she was like, okay, I have everything already uh, laid out. Uh, do you like, is this good? Should I change anything? I was like, this is great. This is going to be easy. Um, and, and it sort of was, was a bit of a, a breeze from my side of things. Um, but, uh, I just, I, I'll speak to, uh, a, a couple things. Um, one, uh, Shrantha, your original, uh, one of the original asks about, you know, the goal for the students, uh, from my end, uh, similar to Eva's, it, it was very much about the collaboration. Uh, and, and the, the the team aspect, and and I feel that this is the same with any um, collaborative project that happens between um, programs, because you know realistically, a, a lot of the things that are taught, um, at, at least on the programming side of things, there are other alternatives to learning them. You know, you can. Uh, even, you know, my course on learning Unreal, you can go directly to uh, Epic Games and find uh, tutorials and walkthroughs and stuff like that, that will help you as well. And sure, they benefit from, you know, having someone that is there that can walk them through everything like myself, but realistically, um, there, there's other options. However, in this case, there isn't, you know, there, there isn't uh, a uh, a place online that I know of, at least, uh, there isn't a place online where, you know, 30 students can go and partner up with 30 filmmaking, uh, stu programming students and filmmaking students can go and all partner up and work on a project together. Um, and so that's the real benefit here. It's not uh, learning the ins and outs of sequencer within Unreal Engine. It's how do you work and communicate with, uh, you know, people of, a different mindset because one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of programmers make or a lot of people getting into programming make is the thought that it is a a lone wolf job um, that they will be on their own you know in in a dark room or a corner just programming for like 20 hours a day and i have to continually impress upon my students that no it is extremely collaborative you will be communicating non-stop most of the time you will not be alone um, it, it is rare that any of my programmers at, at my studio have like 30 minutes where they're just coding on their own they're in code reviews or design meetings um, or they're chatting with artists or our, our directors or whoever it is um, and they all think differently, and, and it is so key to be able to communicate with those people and find common ground because you're all, um, uh, you know, rowing in the same direction. Um, but uh, as Eva mentioned, the the language is is different between you, you know, and and so once you have that that common ground, that shared lexicon, um, things become a lot easier, and everybody starts moving towards that goal a lot. Uh, more efficiently, let's say. Can I just add to that? Um, so I, I, at this point, I do want to give a huge shout out to all the students because in a first iteration of any project, there are like those tough learning lessons. And so my students obviously were, you know, everyone's sort of like, what is this process? And just kind of getting the hang of it and realizing the technical beast that is unreal and realizing there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be wait times. You have to come back to things. You have to be super organized to have this pipeline run. And, um, you know, I, yeah, also the game students, maybe Matt wants to give a shout out to them because they did a huge amount of work 
and they were learning, right? Both students were learning their craft. So perhaps one would do this with a more experienced student, but I'm really happy actually with what resulted. Um, you know, there's a saying in film, like what matters is what's on the screen, you know, like, but I, I believe what matters in education too, is what happened in the process. So we are taking notes on what worked and what didn't. Agreed. And I would say um, that one of the, the things that I, I think helped everyone um, want to work hard, because that, that's the toughest part in collaborations like these, um, that, that uh, is something I think is really important that we touch on. Um, is uh, we all have students who aren't um, going to really pull their weight. You know, they are not going to put their all in. And it's one thing when you have a group of four students who are all in the same program and one or two of them drop the ball and the other have to pick up the slack. It's a whole other thing when you have two students or, or a couple of students of different programs and the students of one program drop the ball which then, you know, kind of uh, uh, causes issues, uh, obviously, for the students of the other program, then they get a, a lesser experience than their classmates. And, and so I think <clears throat> one thing that I kept hearing at the end of this program from all, all of my students, really, all of the ones who were, again, pulling their weight, um, was that they were really just trying to make sure the film students got something that they liked. That was a big one. Um, because they they didn't want to um, screw them over, so to speak, um, which which I think is actually a, ve a very important thing uh, to to hold on to. Because yes, you you should be proud of the work you're doing, but also when you are in the industry, as you know, in film or in programming, um, you're not you're not working crunch uh, or you're not crunching to uh, which you know, nobody should ever be crunching, but in the case that you are, you're not doing it uh, for the company you work for. You're doing it because you know, if you leave, the person next to you is gonna be the one that has to, you know, take that on because you decided to leave. And, and it's a similar thing here where the programming students, you know what, maybe they didn't um, love what they were working on in some cases, but, they wanted to put all their, their effort in because they didn't want to let down the people that they were working with. And I think that is really, really important with these collaborations. Um, and and it, it provides a, a sense of, um, of ownership um, and responsibility versus just an assignment. Because, you know, even when I was uh, in, in school, I, you know, if I had assignments that were just solo assignments and let's say I already knew how to do what the assignment was asking. And I, you know, I was busy, didn't have, you know, I had a lot going on. I was like, eh, I don't need to worry about that assignment. I'll do fine. I already know. I'll drop it. No big deal. Um, but in this case, when other people are counting on you, um, especially other people of a different program, that's going to factor in and you're going to want to really put your time in. Um, and, and I think that's what happened here, uh, which uh, is, is good. It's one of the pros of doing that. Um, uh, that uh, inter-faculty collaboration. Well, that really yeah. touches my heart hearing that, Matthew, that the, your students really felt they wanted a, to make a good end product from the film students. And actually, before the podcast, I was thinking about this, that uh, I speak with Matt about our students. And as a program coordinator, I see all the students' grades 
And there are some students I'm like, ah, they're not doing so well. They're not showing up. And then Matt talks to me about this amazing student in his class. And I'm like a cognitive dissonance for me. I'm like, ah, oh, but that student doesn't seem to be doing well in these courses. But now I see exactly what Matt's saying, that it's something that from a curriculum standpoint, we're so used to having like, I teach physics, I've got my physics assignments and they're due at a certain time. And most of it is individual. But the, the way Matt is leading these collaborative courses, they feel so much more real that I think it really brings out the true nature of our students. So it really, really touches me when, it touches my heart when, when I hear from Matt of students who I thought were actually struggling the program are really strong when it comes to these real world projects. If I can touch on that for a second, Umar, um, you're, you're absolutely right that these collaborative projects are the ones that feel the most real. And um, uh, I, <laughs> I selfishly um, use these projects as a way actually to uh, suss out talent, basically, for, for my studio. Um, I, I've thus far hired, uh, I, I think, seven or eight Humber students um, in their, usually in their, uh, towards the end of their second year or beginning of their third year. I, I like to um, get them just as they're kind of graduating. Um, and I actually use uh, my other uh, course, the Game Productions 2, almost like an extended interview, um, because that is, is for me, that's the time where I'm seeing, as you mentioned, Umar, the true nature of that student come out. Will they kind of step up to the plate? Will they support uh, their other students, or will they completely drop the ball? Because they might be an exceptional programmer. They might get you know 90s, 95s in all of their courses, but when it comes to teamwork, they just couldn't be bothered. That's not somebody that I want uh, working with me. Um, and, and I think we would all echo something similar. Maybe I can just add one more point to this uh, wonderful conversation. So, you know, um, first of all, Humber's entire Humber learning outcomes are definitely focused on applied learning and industry readiness and all of this kind of stuff and doing a real world project is critical, essential to delivering that large, high level learning outcome. And, you know, all of what Matt described in terms of um, what his students gained is those are actually like the core learning outcomes of any film curriculum. And that's when I did the PhD, I actually related, okay, you have a machinimator and the, the positions were slightly different, but I compared them like, what is this on a film set? And we had that happening too, you know, we had positions be adapted and just back to sort of just the, one of the key outcomes, which is collaboration, the ability to collaborate. That is also, it's just about work ethic, you know, and are you, and, and I would go on discord way too much and you could actually see who was live on a channel. So we could, it was really a, a useful tool. I, I want to put that in there in terms of curriculum design, because you could monitor who was working and it was a direct correlation to which projects ended up succeeding at a high level. The people who put the time in who were for one reason or another, really eager to make it happen. And they, it was heartwarming when you would see students at 11 PM all together working online, you kind of knew there was a beautiful creative thing happening here. They had parameters on what kind of stories we had stories on global health, indigenous stories by indigenous voices, 
um, social, political, environmental. And just one last thing. So when Umar and I in the beginnings talked, one of his key problems in the game program is always game students tend to want to make content that's sort of about running and shooting things or racing, you know, and, uh, and I noticed this, I'm like, it's really a shame because you could do so much more. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, we might need help with that. And so that's where I came in. And even with the film students, we had moments where it's like, I just want a guy running. I'm like, okay, well, what would be more meaningful? <laughs> and so we, we talked about the fires in BC and, you know, the town of Lytton and one filmmaker, uh, the film is called Burning made a film about a person essentially um, getting caught in one of these fires. And so that brought much more meaning to the concept of a person running, you know, and that was throughout, throughout the topics, you know, they're beautiful films. And I think that's really how we sort of added to these as well. Well, I mean, just listening to all this, I mean, as as someone who teaches in, in music and, and I mean, it's it's immediately apparent to me how all of these parallels work. They're transferable to any creative industry, the idea of accountability, the idea of collaboration and, and understanding that what you do absolutely has to fit into a whole and you need to be able to work with people and also understand their perspectives in their language. I love that term that you use because there are so many languages that, that are integral to having these parts fit together into whatever that finished product is. And I mean, there's so many things that you touched on in the last little while that resonated with me, just the idea of, you know, the, the idea of uh, coding or, or programming as a, as a creative discipline and not just as something that's, you know, ones and zeros or however you want to frame it, the idea that at the end of the day, you're making something that that is a creative and artistic statement in, in whatever direction that ends up going. And um, I, I just, I love the idea that, you know, despite, you know, this is to something Matt, Matt said earlier, despite the, you know, the number of times that you might hammer into the students, hey, you're going to have to learn how to work with people to have them actually do it and experience it and live it. And the there's nothing like that. There's no substitute for that. You just have to do it and understand it. And, and be successful and or have things, you know, go wrong and learn how to left turn and fix it and do it on the fly. Because you're right, the, the idea that the, the team's final thing is what everybody is responsible for making and, and, and knowing how that fits together is such a powerful motivator, right? Um, and I'm loving hearing, too, how so many of the projects that you ended up creating or your students ended up creating – had such a variety of, kind of topical social issues that are relevant to, to the world today. And that's another way to bring people in and, and, and have that intrinsic motivation be an important part of the, of the overall learning process for them. Because if they care about the issue that they're trying to demonstrate in this film, that's already going to elevate the final project to a different level because they're invested in it emotionally, right? Just from, from that end, it's something that they care about. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving all of those things as well. Um, you know, I, I think listening to this, I'm sure so many faculty members will have ideas about how, you know, they might be able to find ways to collaborate interdepartmentally. I'm wondering, like, now that you've done this, now that you, as, as, a, as a group, have collaborated, what's next for this collaboration now that this has been, I think, such a successful start? So, you know, as mentioned in the beginning, I think this would really be interesting internationally. However, I will say I am very glad we did this on one 
time zone for now. I, I, I do want to give a shout out. Actually, we did have students uh, based in India and in Nigeria, and of course, Canada, predominantly Ontario working on this. And the time zone factor is quite challenging. There is a term that uh, is used in virtual production. It's called sort of eternal uh, sunset, or like you, you basically never have to shut down production if you schedule it well. So you could hand off your project to the next time zone and keep working. And that is going to exponentially impact production, you know, and I think that's why studios are being based around the world as well. Um, so I, I personally would love to tackle an international project, but have a strong footing in, you know, our Humber side so that we can execute that well, because they're, they're, do come frustrations around scheduling. Scheduling is key, um, but I'm, I'm game for more. Um, and uh, Matt has collaborated a ton with like 3D animation and I've collaborated with Umer before. It, it should be acknowledged by everyone. It adds a huge amount of extra work. That's just the way it is, right? And, you know, we are professionals and we will um, make something happen. But I think to set ourselves up for success in the future more, I think time needs to be embedded for anything collaborative um, down to our schedules, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I was actually thinking about the emotional work. I know uh, Ever and Matt really had to work with students who maybe weren't happy with how things are going or just just being stressed in the moment. So it really takes your your teaching practice to another level where it's not just are you meeting these course learning outcomes? It's like, are you like able to connect with the student to like motivate them back again or like address what's going on? It, it is very hard. I, I really want to congratulate Eva and Matt on, on this amazing project they did together. Um, I, I, thank you, Umar, I appreciate that. Um, I, I would echo uh, what, what you know, both Eva and Umar have said. Uh, I, I think um, two, two things. So one, uh, yeah, Umar, you're absolutely right. It is, um, it is definitely a lot more of uh, sort of motivating and leading uh, with the students and basically trying to be that, like, uh, you know, that, that light that they're following and, um, you know, picking them back up when they fall down or, or sort of talking them off a ledge, uh, when they're, you know, overly frustrated, when they're getting stressed out, especially towards the end of the semester, uh, some students are just going to like throw in the towel and be like, you know what, I'm done. I don't care. Um, and, and that, that sucks. It's, it's a, it's a, a, a bit of a blow to, to your morale to, and even, you know, a little bit of a bruised ego comes out of that. Um, but, uh, it's just, um, it's a tough project, uh, and, and the students have to kind of get through it. And, and it, it's about, um, I guess, seeing what they're made of, um, in, in the least toxic way possible. Uh, and, um, yeah, it, it is a lot less of just grading, uh, based on metrics and a lot more of, you know, can you work through these frustrations? Can you work with these people? Uh, and that is, uh, definitely an emotional side of it. Um, I, I would say, uh, what I would love to see from, from this, uh, collaboration is to actually, um, you know, I, this is my own suggestion. We have not discussed this at all, but basically to have it as its own class, um, because I really think it would benefit from uh, uh, having a pure focus. Um, you know, uh, 
my students towards the end were juggling a couple of other assignments that I that I had given them as well with as this, uh, and I actually ended up um, cutting one of the assignments uh, that that I uh, was giving because I was like, you know what, this is too much. I want you to you focus on this. Work with the film students. I'm going to drop this one. It's fine because um, I didn't want to like overload them. Um, but I, I do think there would be uh, a significant benefit to having a class that is just you know virtual production with Unreal or something. And it's purely collaboration between the film students that their whole class and the, the programming students, this is their whole class, uh, very similar to how we have our, uh, our uh, 3D animation and programming collaboration. The good news is that's in the pipeline. Like the Humber is definitely getting into virtual production in a big way. There is curriculum being written. And I fully agree. I think it should be its own course, probably its own program, which it will happen. And so yeah, I think um, I'm excited, honestly, and it was such a pleasure to work with Matt and Umer. So that's kind of also the icing on the cake that you get to work with people who are very different from your own, like, yeah, Umer has a PhD in particle physics, I still don't know what that is. And, um, you know, Matt can just like run in unreal, like nobody's business. So we all, you know, learn from each other as well, which is great as a faculty member, you keep learning. Well, that's very inspiring. And uh, yeah, congratulations to all of you. Um, so I guess as in closing, I'll just say to everybody who's listening to this episode, please go ahead and check out the show notes for this episode where we've posted links to the amazing work uh, that these faculty and students have done and see the results for yourself. Now you've talked, we've talked about it, you've heard about it and what the process has been, uh, but there's nothing like seeing the final product, product too, to see kind of how it all came together now that you know a bit about the process. So I encourage you all to do that. And I just want to thank you all for uh, your generosity of your time today. And thanks to all of you for just going the extra mile for your students and kind of, uh, you know, really thinking about ways that the that their learning can be practical and applicable to what's happening in the industry and what's happening in our world today. I think it just shows how much a thought and care you put into what you do as educators. So thank you all so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Really thank enjoyed, you. Thanks for that. having us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Randall. The Staff Lounge is brought to you by Innovative Learning. Our producer and editor is Fiona Tudor-Price. Promotions and graphics by Elizabeth Springate. Hamza Ibrahimi manages our website. Our executive producer is Rania Khan. Our theme song is composed and performed by me, Sharantha Bedegay. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast apps, and if you like what we're doing, tell your friends. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Staff Lounge. Mm-hmm.